Hello, this is Judy Barkoviak here from NLP and EFT Kids, and I am the author of Understanding Children and Teens, a practical guide for parents, teachers and coaches, and also Empower Your Kids, a coaching guide for parents. I have also written a number of other books, but I don't want to list them all here. But probably the most useful would be maybe the Engaging NLP Workbooks, which are for children, tweens, teens, parents, new mums, etc. I am actually updating them at the moment and uh, offering free copies to anyone who's willing to review the current version and give me their recommendations. So please get in touch if you'd like to do that. So this episode is about coping with change, uh, which is quite relevant really, isn't it? Because I'm updating uh, those workbooks. So this is from Empower Your Kids, a coaching guide for parents. Uh, And as I said, it's called Coping with Change. Uh, The reason I've chosen this particular um, excerpt, this chapter, is I suppose because things are about to change on the 19th of July, which is um, just a week or so away. And of course, children are breaking up for the summer holidays and things are changing as well regarding all sorts of things, aren't they? Um, And uh, some children cope with change better than others. So um, I'm going to um, explain really uh, a bit about that and I want to help you um, if you have a child who struggles with change. Um, Obviously uh, do bear in mind that if you're someone yourself um, who finds change quite difficult um, and by that I mean when things change maybe an arrangement at school um, or a sort of a family arrangement or something like that if you're somebody who gets upset about it or says oh my goodness why do they keep changing things and so on of course that is going to communicate to your child that change is in some way a bit of a challenge so do bear in mind that you are the model for your children so how you respond to change will to a great extent uh, determine how they do um, so if this is a an issue for for one of your children um, just think about how you can express it um, in a, a different way which would be oh that's a bit annoying but never mind we'll be fine you know we're, we're, we're fine with change because what you say will um, will land with them and make a difference so in uh, in this book, um, um, the first part of the book explains um, quite a lot about what's called the NLP metaprograms, um, which is about how children have a preference as to how they process their world. And I talk about children who match and children who mismatch. Now, a child who matches is looking to connect, to find things in common with other children, things that are familiar. So you can imagine that a child who's looking to match will find something familiar in the change and, and manage it quite quite well. But if they can't find anything familiar and if the change is is 
pre- is presented to them in a way that oh this is a complete change you know oh this is so different for example going from junior school from primary school to um, your secondary school you know if a parent says oh this is it's all going to be completely different now for a match child that's going to be quite a challenge uh, because they're going to want something to be to hang on to as it were something that's going to be a bit familiar now some children mismatch which means they're looking for difference they want something to be completely fresh and different and new and they also look for what's wrong what doesn't fit where a matching child will look for fit a mismatching child will look for what's different and notice so your match child will be talking about yes and your mismatching child will go yes but so if you have a child who says but and that can be quite annoying quite challenging can't it Bear in mind, though, that that's quite a scientific approach. You know, so a scientist look for what's wrong, for what's what what's not right, that they need to change, that they need to develop to improve, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So there's no right or wrong; they're just different. Um, so children who match resist change. It makes them a bit nervous and stressed, um, and it's tempting to say of them they don't like change. But be aware that as you do that, you know, if you say to your to your child who doesn't like change, well, of course, you know, you do find change difficult. They then sort of latch on to that, that that almost becomes their identity. So do be careful of that um, because it does open them up to be rescued um, by sort of, you know, teachers and friends and so on. And that could make it difficult in the future if they sort of really hold on to this. Oh, I'm a child who finds change difficult. Um, Then they're going to almost expect change to be difficult. So if you know that your child does have a bit of a struggle in this area, what would be better for you to do to focus on the changes that they've actually achieved with grace and ease and remember how remember, remind them sorry how well they did this. So focus on the changes that they've navigated well. So maybe sort of, you know, a change of teacher. I mean, a lot of children have had quite a number of changes of teachers over the last year or so. They've also gone from homeschooling back to school. And then with isolation, they may be at home again and then back at school and, and masks and no masks and goodness knows what else. Um, whilst this has been hugely challenging, it is an opportunity to tell your child, you know, to remind them how well they've adapted to these changes and how proud you are of them and how this is really going to help them um, in the future as they as they navigate other changes. Um, because we don't want them to have a sort of like an identity that's a sort of a stuck state where, you know, I am a child who can't do this, that and the other. So instead, you know, focus on what they do well and how they're able to to do this well. And one of the ways um, that this will uh, be um, obvious is really where they've noticed what's similar so going from um, going into secondary school or changing schools to notice that, you know, the children are all sort of the same age as them. They've all got uniform. They're all doing the same sort of things. They're into the same things, um, et cetera, et cetera. So notice what's similar. OK, so they might have to catch a, a bus to go to or coach to, to go to school. Maybe the school's in another part of the town. 
maybe some things are different obviously they're going to have different teachers for different subjects that's going to be different but on the other hand the subjects are all subjects they've already done um, and are familiar with but perhaps it's just that um, normally their one teacher their form teacher would take those subjects whereas now it's going to be different subject teachers and but they're all going to be teachers so look for what's the same as um, okay, so um, one of the things to think about here is the uh, is the drama triangle, and I talk a lot about that in various other posts. And also, um, if you go to my YouTube channel NLP and Kids, um, you'll find there's quite there's an interview. There's sorry, uh, me talking about the drama triangle. It's also mentioned in most of my books. Um, I'm a big fan of the drama triangle because I think it's really really helpful for children and for families to understand about it. So um, the drama triangle is, of course, a tri triangle with the uh, pointy bit. Well, actually, the three pointy bits, aren't there? But the the down, two, if you look at the, the sort of like two up and one down, um, that's the sort of way the power goes. So the one down, like the arrow pointing down, is the victim, which is the powerless position. And then the two other points are the persecutor, and the rescuer. Now, persecutor it doesn't have to be sort of like the baddie in the story. Persecutor is really whatever the victim, the, the powerless person, um, is blaming for how powerless they feel. So in this example, um, change will be the persecutor. Change will be the challenge. You know, something new that's that's a challenge or somebody who's trying to persuade them to change, some, somebody who's trying to persuade them to do something in a different way, that is going to be the persecutor. The rescuer is the person who's trying to help with the change. But the thing is that, of course, the rescuer that's helping is in a sense confirming that the victim um, needs some help. So it's a good idea, uh, and this is really where my uh, this particular book comes in, because it's really all about how you can empower your children to help themselves so that they don't need to be asking for help and feeling useless, helpless, and so on. So when your child... Um, who struggles with change is 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 asking you for help instead you can empower them by asking them what do you think you could do how do you think you could handle this what do you need for this situation um, what do you think um, would be a good way to tackle it you need the victim here to be a problem solver and to sort of problem solve themselves out of this situation where they feel helpless. Um, another of the, um, uh, the sort of theoretical parts of this really are the one of the NLP beliefs of excellence, which is that the map is not the territory. And what that means is how the world seems to us is different for our child. Um, and really, they are the best ones to form their well-formed outcome or to create a well-formed outcome based on their own map of the world. So rather than you suggesting something, it is better for them to because really they're closer to the situation, they know what it is that they're struggling with and what's similar to them may be different from what's similar to you. Um, it may be that, um, you know, that they, they can find that better themselves. 
So, you know, ask them, what do you suggest? Um, or use words that will fit with your child's age and, and, and the way that you normally talk to them. Um, but believe that they have the ability to solve this problem. This is so important. I think so often um, we as parents rescue um, our child because we feel that we know more, um, we have the resources, um, we've been through it before, um, we're you know more intelligent or whatever. But actually, you know, it is, a, it is their problem. Um, it's not our problem to solve. And whilst we might have been through it, we haven't been through exactly what they've been through. I mean, none of us have been through schooling in the way that it's been for them in the last sort of 18 months. We might have been involved in homeschooling or we will have been involved in homeschooling, but it isn't quite the same as being homeschooled. Um, and whilst you may have had sort of ructions at home with, oh, you know, my teacher doesn't do it this way or, you know, um, uh, and so on. I know, I know there have been lots of conflicts in this area. It is quite different um, for the child. Uh, and I know that because I'll hear it from both sides because I'll have a mum telling me um, this sort of story and then um, I'll be working with the child who perhaps actually is really struggling but doesn't dare tell mum uh, because they don't want them the, the mum um, who's usually the one doing the homeschooling, although not always, of course. Um, they don't want to say that because they don't want to hurt their feelings and they know everybody's under a lot of stress and pressure and so on. So um, that's why I'm saying, you know, uh, assume that they do have the resources, assume that they do have a solution and um, and that, that they can solve this. Um, because otherwise, you know, by constantly rescuing, they're going to just not cope very well with further changes. Um, so ask them what they think they can do, even get them to write a list, mark each sort of possible solution out of 10 as to how good a solution it might be. Um, and also, you know, comment on where they're, where they're really good at, um, at coping with changes. And it can just be like a small one. It could just be, I don't know, a different brand of toothpaste, uh, you know, a different vegetable for supper or, or something like that, a slight change of plan as to whether they're going out at sort of two o'clock or four o'clock. Um, to be able to say, you know, you you handle that really well. You know, you're really good at uh, managing change because then that sort of gives them the idea that they can do this. I mean, how I describe it to parents is to imagine that your child's head is like um, the sort of like a, a filing cabinet. And in that filing cabinet are lots of files um, that have got uh, titles on them. And imagine that those titles are things like, you know, values. So, you know, being honest, being helpful or being uh, brave or being able to cope with change. Um, so as a child does a particular thing, it's a really good idea to think, okay, what filing cabinet, what file do I want to put this in? And then say, oh, that was a, you know, that was really kind of you, or that was really honest of you, or that was a way that you showed how well you could cope with change. And what you're doing is building up a whole sort of filing cabinet of skills and qualities and, and things that the child can do that will really, really help them boost their self-esteem. So I really hope that this um, is helpful, give them good feedback, um, specific feedback, not just 
um, are well done, but specifically imagine that file in the filing cabinet and how you're thinking about what you want to build up for them as as great resources. So I hope that's helped. A little reminder of the book, it's called Empower Your Kids, a coaching guide for parents. You can get it on uh, my website, which is nlpfamily.com. Uh, obviously, you can get it on Amazon <clears throat> and all the other places. Okay, thank you. Bye.